flatblackplasticalmutinyradio.fm Donate some money to the station. Please, thank you. The state where I was born and raised My mother, how I hated to leave her Mother dear, who now is dead But I had to go and leave her So my children could have bread Perhaps, dear friends, you are wondering what the miners eat and were. This question I will try to answer, for I'm sure that it is fair. For breakfast we had bulldog gravy, for supper we had beans and bread. The miners don't have any dinner And a tick of straw they call a bed Well, we call this hell on earth, friends I must tell 
tell you all goodbye. Oh, I know you all are hungry. Oh, my darling friends, don't cry. So when the parents came, they said, but what have you been doing here? Look, the animals came and they ate everything. Now the boy said, no, no, no. I what the minor seed and word. I am going to take care of it myself. So the mother was there very early in the morning. She was very careful to see that no animals could come and eat. And this could be came. It was saying. Chizo chem chero wanaiwe. Chawe chizo chem chero wanaiwe. Chawe chizo chem chero. No. Chawe chizo chem chero. So they could eat again and went away. Now the father came and he said, Long time ago, uh, there was uh, the hare. And uh, the hare is known in the forest as the cleverest animal. And uh, every time he is always there to make a trick. So one day, he was uh, moving with his uncle the baboon. They said, oh, the baboon said, uh, cousin, why can't you go and uh, visit my relative somewhere? Oh, the hare said, oh yeah, uncle, we can go. So they went on. Now, while they were on the way, they got a tree called Mundacha. And Mundacha, this kind of a tree, is the tree which uh, they use if they're eating something and uh, they burn their throat, something which is hot and they burn their throat. So instead of drinking water, they would take Mundatra and eat Mundatra, as he said. So therefore, they could. So they saw this um, twig. It's quite a tree anyway, but a tree. So uh, the baboon said, now cousin, do you see? Here is Mundatra. So if I can get anywhere and I'm eating something and uh, I bend myself, please, when I say, go and pick Mundatra, you'll come and pick this, this, this tree. Oh, they said, oh, that's okay, uncle. So they went over for about 10 miles. Now they got the place, and then while they were there, they, oh, there was nice chicken and salsa. Mm. So well, everything was there, and uh, while they began to eat, and the baboon, you see, did not like to eat, I mean, the, the, the hare to eat, you know, this nice dish. He wanted to eat everything himself, you see. So he thought of a trick. He just, you know, because he was the, he is the uncle and he's respected. So he was to eat first. 
So he ate it first. Now he just took and just the first thing he took and put in his mouth. He said, Come mm, on, come on. Please, can you go and find some doctor for me? Please, 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 please. Then the air, well, he didn't know what was happening. He says, Okay, okay, uncle. So no, God. now he just took and just the first thing he took and put in his mouth. He said, mm, Cousin, cousin, I'm going Please, can you go and find some doctor for me? Please, 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 please. Then the air, well, he didn't know what was happening. He says, Okay, okay, uncle. So he went over and ran for 10 miles and took this mandatra and 10 miles back, 20 miles, and by the time I was back, the whole food was finished. Well, he was worried, but well, he said, well, the baboon made a trip to me, I'm going to do the same to him. So one day, uh, the hare had to brew beer at this place, and after he brewed beer, you see, he called all the animals of the forest, including that baboon. So the baboon came. While he was there, he gave baboon so much beer to drink that the baboon was so drunk that he did not know what to do. So he was just lying there on the floor. Then the hare said, Uncle, why do you lie here? Why can't I take you and go and put you in a better place where you can sit? He said, oh yeah, okay, cousin. He was drunk, he didn't know what he was saying. So the baboon was taken and the, the hare put the baboon on the on a root. And uh, there are some trees with roots that, you know, that are exposing, which are exposed on the ground. So the, the baboon went to sit there and the hair took a nail and the nail, the, 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 the tail of the baboon on, the, on this foot. So afterwards, well, all animals, after the party, all animals went away and the baboon was there. So the baboon, you know, was up, but he was heavy, still a little bit of him over, but well, he was okay, he was still, he was not going well. He tried to move, he could not because his, his tail was nailed there. So he tried again and nothing. So he thought the best thing to do was to sing. So he sang like this. Magoma na mushwe All the things we feel we have to 
Bonsoir, American Friends. I am Lynn Renault, 
and I am indeed happy to tell you that Capital Records has signed me to a contract. Soon I think you will be listening to my first record. But before our friend plays it, with your permission, I would like to tell you a little about my first trip to your country. It was only a short time ago that I arrived here to play first the Waldorf Astoria Hotel I must not forget to tell you that it was because of the wonderful Bob Hope that I came to America. Bob heard me on radio and at the Moulin Rouge in Paris and brought me over here. In February, I did the television show with him. Since then, it seems that many exciting events have occurred. Recently, I played an engagement at the Coconut Grove in the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles and sang on another Bob Hope program. Then, Accompanying me to America was my manager, who is a famous songwriter in France and writes my special material, Louis Gasté, between us. He is also my husband. <laughs> also on the trip with me is my conductor, Pierre Guillaume, my husband. <laughs> also on the trip with me is my conductor, Pierre Guillerme. I live, perhaps you know, you want to know where I live. I live in the country just outside of Paris. But I was born in the city of Armentiers in France. You remember Mademoiselle from Armentiers? It's not me, but, but uh, perhaps uh, to my grandmother. <laughs>
Flatblackplasticmutinyradio.fm Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. NBC brings you Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to homicide detail. A 22-year-old Kept telling her her father was dying. 
That's about as low as it come. Yeah. Did he use a car? Witnesses said it was a blue sedan. They didn't get the license number or the make. Did they remember what the guy looked like? About 5'9", 160, brown suit, dark hair. Hmm. Nothing there? No. Here's a copy of the letter. The usual. Read it. Yeah. Yeah. I have your daughter, Judy. Get, uh, what, what's that? 30000 $30,000 quick if you want her back alive. Don't call police or I'll kill her. Contact you later. Signed, uh, what was it? The Wolf. Oh, Wolf. I can think of a better name. Come on, here we are. Got the original note, Joe. Lee Jones down at the crime lab. He's checking it for prints and handwriting. Well, if he was. Oh, hi, Dave. Uh, right on the house, boys. She's waiting for you. Thanks, Dave. Hi, Joe. Ben. In the living room. Mm, thank you. That's the way I see it, Mr. Sullivan. Now, you understand exactly what you have to do? Yes, sir. I'll do as you say. All right. Here are the two men who will help you. Sergeant Friday and Sergeant Romero. Homicide. Yes, uh, How do you do? I'll do. Mr. Backstrand, I, uh, I... Are you sure about all this? He, he might get frightened. He, he might do something to Judy. I... Believe me, Mr. Sullivan. It's the only way. I know how you must feel, but we can't do anything else. Oh, all right, I... I want to see Mrs. Sullivan first. I'll be ready in a moment. Any developments? Yeah. Come on back in the dining room. There it is on the table. Second note from the guy. Telegram. When did this come? About half an hour ago. Guy phoned it into Western Union from a public booth. Couldn't trace it. I'll see, Joe. Yeah. Be at Elysian Park, 5 o'clock this morning, near Balkan Drive. Come alone. Bring 30,000. We'll return girl. Don't tell cops. Kill her if you do. The wolf. 4 a.m. now, Skipper. Not much time. I know it. We'll have to do as he says. No other way. Then Sullivan's going out there alone? You're going with him, you and Romero. He'll be hidden out in the trunk of the car. Any plan? Get him. That's all. Ben and I went out the back door and into the Sullivan garage. We jammed ourselves into the trunk compartment, and Harris closed the door on us. The latch was fixed so that the door could be pushed open from the inside. A few minutes later, Mr. Sullivan came out, sat in the car, and we drove off.
another in a series of presidential profiles. Dwight David Eisenhower, 34th President of the United States. The world and we have passed the midway point of a century of continuing challenge. At such a time in history, we who are free must proclaim anew our faith. This faith is the abiding creed of our fathers. It is our faith in the deathless dignity of man, but governed by eternal moral and natural laws. This faith defines our full view of life. It establishes beyond debate those gifts of the Creator that are man's inalienable rights and that make all men equal in his sight. It was the age of anxiety, the Cold War of the 1950s, and the American people scanned the political horizon for a man of strength and character. They found that man in white Fly Black Plastic, MutinyRadio.fm. Keep listening. Hey, everybody. We're about two minutes away from starting the second half of comedy baseball here at Piano Fight 
it's going to be Team Mutiny against another team. Please enjoy how much fun it is here on Not My Show. This is Not My Show. This is a Sylvan show at Piano Fight. It's on Fridays, and what a good time it is. Hope you guys come down here next Friday at Piano Fight, 7 o'clock, for comedy baseball. But coming up next, Team Mutiny is going to try to kill it against some other team, whatever they're called. All right, enjoy, and we'll be right back here on Not My Show from Piano Fight, Turk and Taylor in the tent.
got Team Mutiny Radio.
out, rodeo cams, walk into a bar, they hang out for an hour, and then the bartender's like, yo, you guys ready to saddle up? Netflix shows. Uh, 185 Netflix shows walk into a bar and the bartender says, man, they paid for all of you. <laughs> they also Jackie, our son, Vittorio, what's our pitch? 
but they're not liking them. And they're like, come on, those are all originals.
the earth, I say, I'm sorry. <laughs>
keyboards like normal people. <laughs> Inside your 
her uterus like a copper pool sweeper, and it just kept on all the dead babies. And my wife, and it just came on your, well, they don't come in your face, they come in your vagina, and it leaks out like four hours later, and totally oh. fucked up.
seven. Look at that, look at that. Pitches around the same, hits around the same. Not bad, not bad. Uh, we're gonna play, I like my non-gender specific sexual partners like I like my blank. Let's fill the plate. I like my non-gender specific sexual partners like I like my cat. Cat. Umbrella. Jesus. Umbrella. What? Politician. Horse. Horse. No more animals. Politician. 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 Hip-hop artist. <laughs> Hip-hop artist. Weed. Cereal. Weed. Podcast. Podcast. Politician. Politician. Steve's the creator. Oh, politician? Politician. Steve. 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 You call me. I don't know how to spell it. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So, each team gets the veto.
I liked my non-gender specific sexual partners like I liked my horse, also given all my friends a ride. Gender 
specific sexual partners like hip hop artists. I want them to put their hands in the air and let that beat drop. Welcome to Spiritual Psychology with Renee McKenna. I'm a therapist and healer here in San Francisco. And if you want real change on a soul level, you've come to the right place. Well, so do you introduce yourself in the beginning? Yeah, of the show? so welcome to Scotch Talks Podcast. This is your host, Scotch. Um, with us today is a good friend of mine, Renee McKenna. Hi, Scott. Hey, welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, I'm not sure what to talk about, where to start. Um, well, we were just talking about intentions, right? Yes. So, and I have a lot of areas of my life, and I think that the easiest way to tie them all together is through this intention-setting work that I did years ago through this book called The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. It's by Stephen Covey, and um, it's one of the most powerful spiritual books that I know written in the guise of a business literature. Mm. It's really um, amazing. And one of the exercises in that book is to write a personal mission statement. And I've had the opportunity to start quite a few businesses, many of which have failed. And um, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and it's nice to start a mission, to have a mission statement in when you have an organization, because mm -hmm. then you can kind of determine the actions that you're going to take, and you can run them against the mission statement, because the mission statement doesn't change. It's kind of like the core, like why the intention, right? Mm -hmm. And so, Kobe suggests that you write a personal mission statement, and which is like an intention. And so my mission statement that came out of that work was to use all of my gifts and talents for the benefit of the most people and myself. Actually, originally, it wasn't in myself. In the last few years, I've added myself into that, um, which feels really important. Can you just say that one more time? Using all of my gifts and talents for the benefit of the most people and myself. Okay. And do you go into every single situation with that in mind? Do you bring that up? I wish that I was conscious enough to think <laughs> about it all the time. Although on a regular basis, 
I do think about it. And it has become kind of a working part of who I am as a person now. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, it, it fits with my personality because I'm a very extroverted group crowd kind of person. I'm mm-hmm. a service-oriented person. I love to do stuff for other people. Um, I've, you know, the pathological side of that is that I'm a codependent and I can care more about caring for other people than I do for myself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the healthy, I think, um, the higher resonance of that is that I can do a lot of good in the world. Mm. And so, and adding myself into the equation actually cancels out the codependent piece, the pathological piece, because if I'm involved, if it's just all about you, it's a way to escape myself. Mm. But if I include myself in the equation, then the equation tends to be more balanced. Yeah. Is my experience. Nice. So, I mean, I, you know me, I can just talk. So (laughs) (laughs) how, um, how that play how that has played out for me is you know i have had i had i like to call it the burden of potential and (laughs) right and you know i had a lot of different things that i was good at as a kid in school coming up Mm -hmm. and um you know i i was good at art i um was good at science i got the highest chemistry mark and as a senior in high school in my in my town which was a pretty big town um i'm really good with people i was in student government i was president of my senior class and and so there was a lot of variant ways i could go did i want to become someone in the medical community or in in environmental science did i want to become a politician did i want to be an artist i i loved literature i i actually became an english major in college so the hard thing for me you know my parents told me you can be anything you want but the hard thing was like i had so many fucking things that i possibly could have done i couldn't make up my mind yeah right so after high school i took a gap year and went and worked in a factory because i didn't know what to do what yeah i didn't know this yeah so um, which was really, it was a really instructive experience. It was a really instructive experience on a lot of levels because, so the company that I worked for was particular. It was a Jewish-owned company, um, a conservative Jewish-owned company, and the two men who had started the company had tattoos from the Holocaust on their arms. They escaped the camps oh my um, God. at the age of 20 and came to America and started a business. Wow. And most of the people who worked there were Jewish immigrants. It was kind of like the UN. It was very interesting. Yeah, all the people that worked in the office, uh, I mean, eventually they all spoke English. They all spoke Yiddish, which was how they connected with each other at, conservative, at the conservative temple. And um, so there was people from Poland and there was people from Germany and there was people from, so they were from all over the world. And, um, it was interesting cause the, the, the production, all the people in the production department were from Puerto Rico and all the people down in the shipping department were all from the Philippines. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, it was interesting. And I was the Goyam that worked at front. I was the girl, the white girl, the non-Jewish girl, the Goyam. Um, that worked <laughs> girl he would call me girl call that man <laughs> so 
um, yeah, it was a really, it was a really, really interesting experience to work for, you know, they all kept kosher and we kept the Jewish holidays and, um, wow. yeah, it was a super dysfunctional family business, but, uh, <laughs> but I learned a lot about Judaism and a lot about, and a lot about that. I didn't want to work in a factory for four dollars an hour for the rest of my life. Four dollars motivated me to go. Yeah. When I got a raise, I went to four twenty-five. Whoa. Wow. Of course, this was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 55 in a couple minutes. So this was in 1983 way before you were born so, <laughs> so anyway um we get off on that i don't know how we get off on that but um so we were talking i know this is an art podcast mm-hmm. at its essence right at its essence yes. at its essence it's about art. oh i was talking about all the different things i did in school so funny we were just talking to somebody about this the other day part of the reason i didn't go to art school was because there were people that were better artists than me. Really. I mean, I had, I was very lucky. I had this fabulous high school that I went to in Weymouth, Mass, and it was super progressive. And I got to take art. I was an art major mm. and an English major. I got to take art um, every day from eighth grade to 12th grade with a fabulous art teacher. And then, uh, and I took two literature classes at least every day. It was, it was a brilliant wow. arts education. And, but, um, you know, my fragile ego at the time, um, you know, there were kids that were, I quote, quote unquote, like better artists than me. And so, I mean, I had a lot of things I could tell you about why I didn't want to go to art school. Oh, well, I don't want to make it a hobby and I you don't want to make it into a job. I might not like, it was crap. Really. I was afraid <laughs> that there was people better than me, which was really has, I think it's a problem for a lot of people. You know, yeah. we, we feel like we aren't good enough as we are. Yeah. And so, and, and really of essence, like that's what my intention I think points to for me and is that it's not about comparing myself to other people or the gifts and talents that I have. We all have gifts and talents. Everyone has gifts and talents and finding what those are and being willing to bring the fullest expression of them into the world, I think is our work as a human. Mm. And, you know, I mean, my work as a therapist, um, and a psychologist and a spiritual teacher and a shaman and a healer and all the other things that I do is really to help remove the blocks that people have to their authentic self mm. and, and all those gifts and talents that we have. Because really it's only in bringing those forward that we find the fulfillment and the happiness and the peace and the joy that we all seek. And, but, you know, I like, Will Smith says, God put everything good on the other side of fear. Um, <laughs> and the fear, is usually about <laughs> fears of our own inadequacy mm. in comparison to our idea of who we think other people are. Generally, I think yep. most people suffer from that. Um, I know I still do. You know, I'm, I'm just finishing up my first book, should hopefully be out in a month. It's going to be called Allies and Demons. In a month? It's my what? goal. It'll be out in a month on Amazon. Wow. Allies and Demons. You can find it at ReneeMcKenna.com. And... An, um, you know, I was, I've been reading some other, you know, psychology, spiritual literature, cause it's the work I do is called spiritual psychology and it's a blend of hypnotherapy and Buddhism and shamanism and the best I think of Western psychology. It's a really potent elixir for healing and transformation for me and for the, hopefully for those I work for. <laughs> um, 
But you know, I've, I was I was actually reading some stuff this morning, and and I still find myself like, oh, like this writing is so good. It's so clear and to the point and deep and and I feel that my own work you know is inadequate in comparison to that and I'm working very closely with an editor she holds my hand every day as we write because I just can't <laughs> do it by myself I finally realized which is fine I can ask for help and uh, you know and so we just had this talk this morning that you know I have a special thing that comes through me Mm -hmm. that comes through Renee LaValle McKenna, the age I am, the experience I've had, the, the voice, you know, my Boston accent, my <laughs> fuck you attitude, whatever, <laughs> you know, um, and that, that's what's supposed to come through me. Mm -hmm. And, and I have to trust that that's my gift to the world and that that's good enough. It, it isn't about comparing that I'm not as good as the path 